three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. everybody thank you so much for listening this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here i hope you're all having a great week so far or weekend whenever you're listening to this i've got a review for uh ghostbusters afterlife which is directed by jason reitman of course the son of ivan reitman and it's also written by jason reitman and gil uh keenan so to get into this movie, so, oh god, when was the last Ghostbusters? Uh, what was that, 2015, 2016? Um, 2016. So, I reviewed that, and you can go check out that review, and I believe I gave it a, I gave it a C or a C minus, I, I, I couldn't remember which, but long story short, my big issue with that movie is, uh, you know, it's all women, of course, that's why, <laughs> that's why I hate it, uh, What's really maddening about that movie is that you have Kate McKinnon, you have, um, oh my gosh, why I'm blanking on their names, uh, Leslie Jones, uh, Kristen Wiig, and uh, Melissa McCarthy. I really wish they would have actually leaned into the canon of the films. I think going, trying to make it a reboot, pardon me, was actually the wrong, was actually the wrong route to go. Because even by just calling it Ghostbusters, I mean, this is called Ghostbusters Afterlife. The 2016 one is just called Ghostbusters. They added that dumb answer the call thing kind of later on in marketing, which I thought was just very, very bird to prey-ish. Just like decide, like, can you not decide what the fuck you want to call a movie (laughs) before you release it? Come on. But of course, there were a bunch of, you know, Neanderthal uh, Neanderthal men who were just like, this has women in it. You can't take my Ghostbusters. Burr, 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 burr. So I, I understand that those men are out there. But at the end of the day, it just was not a good film. Having the Ghostbusters logo turn into Stay Puff, essentially, it's like, guy, it's like, come on, y'all. It's just, but it, it's a very frustrating movie because I think that if you have... Not even, not even the female components. What's irritating? It's just irritating because people are like, "Oh, you only hate the movie because it stars women." And look, I'm not the biggest fan of Melissa McCarthy. I have talked about her at length on this podcast. I don't like most of her comedy, but Kristen Wiig is one of the best actresses we have working. Leslie Jones is is absolutely hilarious, and uh, so is McKinnon. Uh, movie career, admittedly, it's a bit spotty, but. As far as a comedian, she's absolutely hilarious. But the film felt like it was fighting itself, fighting against the canon. It didn't know what it wanted to do. Uh, the movie is way too damn long. And the third act is just really just kind of this emotionless CGI fest that I just went, yeah, I don't really care about anyone in this film. And that is the complete opposite of this film uh where we go ahead and we follow uh phoebe who's played by mckenna grace uh you know her from uh captain marvel i Tanya. uh she was in uh she was in gifted uh with chris evans which if you have not seen gifted you should watch gifted she's really great in that um 
But one of the things that I absolutely adore about McKenna Grace, first off, she's going to be star. She she's she's going to be something. I'm already a fan of hers. Uh, she sings too, which wow, really? Like, what can't you do? The big thing about this movie for me is that. And we talk about nostalgia, how incredibly powerful nostalgia is. I love the the first Ghostbusters film. It's one of my favorite films I've ever seen. I understand that people kind of heart, kind of, I don't even say shit on Ghostbusters 2. I enjoy Ghostbusters 2 quite a bit. Uh, It's been admittedly probably a decade-ish since I've seen it, but I'd probably give it a, uh, pardon me, I'd probably give it a B plus. Um, just based on what I remember, I really enjoy Ghostbusters too. Uh, <clears throat> but then we get into what I officially, and no one will tell me otherwise, uh, Ghostbusters 3, which is Ghostbusters a video game. If you've not played Ghostbusters a video game, it is now it has been remastered in the last, I think, year and a half. I highly recommend you seek it out because it is an absolutely amazing game. And then we get to this. So... And again, I'm not counting 2016. Yelp me all you want. I don't care. That movie's not good. Here's what I'll say. This is better for me than Ghostbusters 2. It. I haven't played the game in a little while. I'm going to say it's better than the game. This is how I felt when I watched uh, Abrams for Star Trek, where I think we can all agree for Star Trek films, the bar is at the con. Like, Wrath of Khan is an incredible film. If you've not seen the Wrath of Khan, you really fucking should. <laughs> or you can watch Star Trek in the Darkness. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Trek nerds, don't yell at me. But Wrath of Khan is, you know, that's top tier Star Trek as far as films. This is really close to being as great as Ghostbusters, the original. Like, it's not. It's not as good. But it's really close. And, the, and considering the gap is even as close as it is... That's an achievement in itself for me, which is something I was not expecting at all. But we go ahead and we follow Phoebe and her brother, Trevor, played by uh, uh, Finn Wolford. You, of course, know him from Stranger Things uh, and It. Uh, I I have not seen It because fuck clowns, but... Uh, but their brother, uh, their brother and sister, their mom is uh, Carrie Coon, uh, who plays Callie. You know, uh, you would recognize her from Widows, which she's great in, Gone Girl, and The Post, to name a few things. But what? Uh, basically, Callie gets evicted. She's behind on her rent. Landlord goes, hey, that's cool. Here's an eviction notice. Get the hell out of here. So they go ahead and go to the small ass town. Uh, that we find out that uh, a certain Ghostbuster has been hiding out in. And the thing I will say about this movie, one thing I was really worried about was, are they going to address Egon, um, Harold Ramis, rest in peace, sir, are they going to address Egon in any way? And they do. And, and, And it was done in a way that I went, man, this is actually very classy as far as how they're handling this. And... Yet, it's okay. It's it's classy in the way it's handled, but it also leads to one of my favorite emotional moments from a film in 2021. Which, if you would have told me Ghostbusters Afterlife would have had that, I would have looked at you and kind of laughed at you. But they uh, they go ahead and move this new town, 
And it really is about Phoebe discovering, you know, kind of the secrets behind the Ghostbusters and why they had a falling out. And honestly, all that stuff in particular, I thought was handled so well because, oh, I cannot stop yawning. Um, the movie itself goes ahead and acknowledges that, you know, Ghostbusters were a huge thing for a while and then people kind of stopped needing them and then, you know, they kind of fell out of favor. And it's it's very much in, you know, kind of in line with the property itself. You know, Ghostbusters is one of those properties where, you know, you look at uh, things like the real Ghostbusters and, you know, some of the animated stuff that they've done. And Ghostbusters has always kind of hung around, but it never really hit that level of popularity again until the game came out, which made people, myself included, go, oh, shit, okay, so there's some, there's still some, some juice left in this property. And the big thing about Phoebe is that she's completely on the spectrum. It's, the, the film is not hiding it whatsoever. Very much like Egon clearly was on the spectrum, uh, Phoebe is as well. But it never feels like a gimmick. It never feels like the film is making fun of her, which, let's be real, that's easily a trap, uh, <laughs> like a ghost trap. That's easily a trap that this film could have fallen into, and it luckily completely avoids it, which, thank goodness, I, I, I'm, I was very happy to see that um, that they were able to go ahead and avoid that. I want to shout out real quick this guy, Logan Kim, who plays this guy named Podcast in the movie, who befriends Phoebe. This is his acting debut, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And young young man, a tip. I, I wish I was wearing a hat so I could tip it to you. Just bravo. Absolute bravo. Because Podcast has a crush on Phoebe, but it never comes across. It's kind of... It's more akin to something like Bumblebee, where you go like, yeah, you're like you're being a dumb guy, but it's never creepy. It never comes across as, you know, malicious or or anything like that. It just comes across very sweet. And I actually this is going to sound really cheesy. It's always nice to see just kids kind of develop those relationships and even just a crush. It kind of takes me back to something like My Girl where I just go, you know, thankfully there are no bees in this, but uh, but I just like seeing kind of that purity of, you know, before you get into all these other variables of what a relationship could be. Just a simple, hey, I like you, and hey, would you listen to my podcast? It's so earnest and just so sweet in a way that I just went, you know, I really just love that it just is this, and that they're going on this mystery together trying to figure all this out i just i love that again it's simple you don't always have to reinvent the wheel sometimes things can just be simple and that's okay um their sequence in the the trailers have teased it and i'm sure you've seen clips by now but there is a there is this incredibly well done chase scene where they're chasing this ghost that's slimer-esque but only eats metal um, I'm blanking on what they call the ghost. I think they call it like uh, uh, like Munchum or something like that. But they go ahead and discover this ghost and go ahead and chase it throughout the town. And that was a chase scene that I went, this is already better than anything that the, uh, the prior Ghostbusters film did. And that's maybe only maybe 40 minutes-ish in. Um, 
that was something that I just, I, I love that that scene's in there. And it really gives the film some weight, especially when you see Phoebe using the, uh, you know, using the, uh, the blaster and going ahead and <laughs> destroying parts of the city. <laughs> Of, of the town, uh, which is so fucking intense, but I love it. I want to go real quick and shout out Paul Rudd because yes, Paul Rudd is great in everything for the most part. Like the man rarely misses, and I am just I'm such a fan of his, and I'm always so happy to see Paul Rudd pop up in really anything. And his portrayal here as a uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Groberson. Makes me so happy because, A, he's a teacher who loves his job. He's teaching summer school, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm teaching summer school, but I can show these kids, you know, I can go ahead and pretty much be very loose and just have fun with the situation. He's uh, He shows the kids uh, Cujo, which was something that made me laugh, and he's showing them child's play, like, the next day. Like, he doesn't care. It's like, it's summer school. Who the fuck cares? But seeing how... He is engaging Phoebe as far as a scientist and not talking down to her, which is something that I feel like a lot of adults do in general, let alone in kids' films. And yet he's always treating her like an equal. And I'm going to make this completely random reference, but stick with me. There's this scene from Two and a Half Men where Jake gets a, like a, an A on a, on a test and he's really excited about it. And then Evelyn, you know, Charlene Allen's mom just completely is like, oh, everyone got an A. Who, you know, basically what makes you so special? Mr. Groberson could have totally been that adult and just extinguished Phoebe's want and love for science. But he doesn't do that. He's actually wanting to encourage her to continue to pursue it. And there's this great scene where uh, him and Callie are on a, are on a date. And she's talking about the fact that she just doesn't really understand Phoebe and wishes she would get in trouble. And Mr. Groberson, considering he wants to sleep with her, he he actually checks her and is like, look, you know, she's a kid. You know, she's still figuring herself out. She's, you know, she's a weird kid, but she's so interested in science. And you should be happy that she's so invested in something like this so young. And I went, dude, thank you. Like, like more kids need to hear that. You know, if you're, if you're a bad, if you, okay, if you're not able to draw, like I can't draw a stick figure to save my life. But if someone came up to me when I was six, who was a teacher, I was like, oh man, I, man, your drawings suck. That would break my fucking heart. I'd go home and curl in a ball and cry. And I really appreciate the fact that that isn't in here. Um, because that could, that could have been so mean spirited and they could have probably used some plot line to try to justify it, but you don't get that. And I, and I really appreciate that that's not in here. I really am trying to dance around things because this is a movie I want people to really discover the big surprises of it by, uh, you know, on their own. I will simply say when you find out what Egon had kind of been up to, you go, Oh, this makes a hell of a lot of sense if you if you've watched Ghostbusters and you just go, oh wow, he's damn it, what a smart motherfucker you are. And the opening sequence, as far as how that's handled, I thought was so well done, and it really does set a tone for everything that we go ahead and get as the film goes on. And I okay, how do I want to say this? 
I have talked about my love of Spider-Man No Way Home. I absolutely love Spider-Man No Way Home. It's an incredible film. Everyone should see it. But I will be the first to admit, this, I think, just scratches that itch for me, the third act, just a little more. Not much more. It's really close. But I think I like this third act better. And and I think part of it, and I will admit, because I, oh, I'm always honest with with uh with y'all but i expected no way home to be great i i really was like okay there's really no way you'll fuck this up and they didn't no way home's great but i really was going into this going <coughs> going okay you're you're gonna take a swing on ghostbusters again i really hope you get it right this time and not only do they get it right but they just they set up really a new world for this franchise and considering how well the film actually did at the box office uh which you know hell yeah um yeah give me more of this give me more ghostbusters with trevor and phoebe and callie and podcasts like give me more of this in the third act of this film is just so i was watching it with my partner and she hasn't seen uh she hasn't seen Ghostbusters the original in a while. But we're sitting there watching it, and even she started crying, like, wow. Because the movie just really does respect where it comes from without being a, a prisoner to the source material. And that's a really he- that's a really hard trick to be able to pull off. And yet the film does it in spades over and over again. Um there the use of puppeteering blended with cg was so well done uh you get the um, you know the demon dogs at a point in the film you see that in the trailer so i'm not giving anything away there but seeing that that had me so on edge and you see when you see uh mr uh Gruberson just running you're like oh my fucking god but the way that scene is handled and really the way all the horror is handled here there is a good amount of horror elements this, and a couple jump scares that actually got me in the theater where I was like, oh, you sons of bitches. Uh, but there's just enough horror here, I think, that'll keep kids kind of going like, oh, shit, okay. But the film is so well-paced that I was never bored. The film is just over two hours. It's like two hours, four minutes. And it feels like it earns every minute of its runtime. And at the end of the day... Did I want a sequel? That's what I always have to say is, did this film do enough to warrant me going, oh yeah, I want to see you continue this. And hell yeah, give me give me more Ghostbusters. I want more of this because my God, what a, what a pleasant surprise this film happened to be. And it just really makes me happy that a new generation is going to discover this property because of this film, which at the end of the day is all you can really fucking ask for. So, uh, getting my final thoughts here real quick. Um, Jason Reitman, I, I know I mentioned him earlier. He's got a hell of a resume. Uh, he was a producer in Jennifer's Body, which, while not the best film in the world, is much better than people give credit for. Uh, Juno directed that, wrote and directed Thank You for Smoking. That's pretty good. Uh, directed, wrote, and produced Up in the Air. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, directed Young Adult with uh, Charlie Theron. Pretty good, too. 
uh, with a producer on Jeff Who Lives at Home, which if you have not seen that, uh, pretty damn good flick. Um, he wrote, directed, and produced Labor Day, that movie with Josh Brolin and Kate Winslet, which I totally forgot existed. Yeah, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, he was a producer on Whiplash, uh, produced and directed Tully, again with Charlie Theron, and then went ahead and directed, produced, and wrote uh, The Front Runner with uh, Hugh Jackman, which was pr- a damn good flick as well. So the man's got a hell of a resume. So him, because I was already hearing some people go like, oh, nepotism at its finest, here we go. Jason Reitman directing this shit. And he's more than earned it just off that resume. And considering what he did with this property, Dude, go ahead. Let him be the guy for this property moving forward, which, hell yeah, what a pleasant, pleasant surprise this film was. Um, This is, yeah, this is a fan-fucking-tastic. I I really can't justify not giving this a fan-fucking-tastic. I knew what was coming in the third act, and I'm sitting there watching my partner watch it, and I started getting choked up because I was like, oh, God, I know. I know what's around the corner. And just re-watching the film, it just reaffirms my fan-fucking-tastic. I was so happy that this film did well. I'm so happy that people were engaged with it. Uh, there was a... When I went and saw... Some, uh, I, I did go see the theater uh, that Thursday night when it premiered. And one of the things that made me cry all over again while I'm watching the third act is I hear this little girl with her parents go, I want to be like Phoebe. And you know what, man? Like hearing hearing kids say, I want to be like that character, someone that is a positive influence who is a scientist. There, There is a point, and this isn't a spoiler, so I'll say this. There's a point where Callie's talking to Phoebe. She's like, oh my gosh, you're a Yura and she, you, you, every fiber in your being goes. She's gonna say Ghostbuster, and Phoebe just looks at her mom, and goes, "I'm a scientist." And I just went, "Oh my god, oh movie!" And I start getting shook. Oh god, I'm getting shook. up thinking about, <laughs> but it's one of those things where you just go, "This is how you do this correctly." And there are two. There's a mid credit and a post credit scene, and the post credit scene is such a great teaser for where I believe we're heading. Um, I can't wait to see where we're heading and what else we are going to potentially get from this property. But fan-fucking-tastic. Please watch this movie. It's out on a digital and Blu-ray and a 4K now. Um, I am a proud owner of this film, and this will definitely be something I'm lending out to people. But yeah, watch this. It's absolutely awesome. And McKenna Grace... Finn, uh, Finn Wolford, uh, and oh, I'm so sorry, I almost forgot to mention her because she, she's, uh, um, she was in Freaky, uh, 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 Celeste O'Connor, she plays, uh, she and, uh, Trevor have this, uh, this back and forth, which is actually quite fun, and setting up a, setting up a woman of color to be a prominent, uh, component in Ghostbusters going forward, uh, hell yeah, give me... Give me, give me that. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just excited, which is something I really didn't think I was gonna say leaving this theater. Um, she plays Lucky, by the way. But give me more Ghostbusters. Give me more in this cast. Build on the canon more. 
yeah, let's go. So excited to see where they uh, continue to take this because this will get a sequel. They haven't green one, green lit one yet, but this is getting a sequel. But everyone, Ghostbusters Afterlife, what did you think of it? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us in most places where you listen to podcasts. So that's going to be SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, Spotify, and uh, Amazon Music, and TuneUp at The Real Pineapple. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. That, again, is R-E-E-L. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam and on, on, and on uh, TikTok at uh, Black Shazam 775 I'm going to start doing what I'm going to call real shorts on there. So many size reviews uh, in case you don't have time to listen to the longer ones. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this month for Batman 89, Batman Returns. Um, oh gosh, what else? Uh, since it's Black History Month, going to have reviews up for Atlanta Season 1 and 2, uh, Watchmen, The Harder They Fall, uh, waves to name a few things. Uh, I'm really excited to get those reviews out to y'all, but everyone, please stay safe out there. Thank you again for your support. Wear your mask, get your booster, get your COVID shot. If you haven't gotten that yet, tell someone you love them, stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon.